We're going to do a quick, quick little exercise. I want you to talk to your neighbor, find out when the last time they saw a music concert was. And you, each of you are going to have a pretend company. And the person who you talk to who saw the concert the most recent, I'm going to give you a million dollars. Okay? The other person who saw it the, the further back, I'm going to give you $28,000. Now, this is an arbitrary number, an experiment. But this is what black women, in particular, in the United States, <clears throat> face when they're raising venture funding. And that's even if they can get venture funding. So for every $1 million that a white man raises, a black woman who raises will raise 28,000. These numbers have gotten a little bit better, but five years ago they were, they were even worse. And that's when I understood that this was a, a grave disparity that made no sense to me. And so I set out to try to be a part of changing that. what happened was that I started seeing people investing, like Justin Bieber was investing and Ashton Kutcher and Troy Carter. They were making these investments and I thought, why is this interesting to them? Because they seem like they have really interesting lives. What is this? I was just curious, like most times. And so I started learning about startups and I said, oh, this is amazing. I can start this. I'm going to start a startup. I'm going to start a company. And it was in that research because I said, I'm going to start a company. I'm going to raise money for it. And if I'm going to try to ask for money, I want to know what the investors are thinking. So at first, I just started doing all this research about venture capital, angel investors, just so I would know what I was getting myself into. And so I could be as smart as they were going into the room. It was just a logical conclusion to me. That is when I learned, whoa, wait a second. This magical land isn't so magical if you're a woman. It isn't so magical if you're a black person or Latinx in the U.S., an immigrant in the U.S. And that is when I, it was like I became a journalist at this point. I became deeply entrenched in trying to understand it and, and try to make it make sense. And that's when I said, wow, you know, if some, this doesn't exist as, it, as this right now, but it's so interesting. What I'm learning about venture capital and investors is that you have an edge if you have a certain deal flow, if you have you know, certain uh, founders who are doing something different. I wonder what would happen if that was all you invested in. Because at the same time, I was learning that 90% of all venture funding was going to white men in the US. That's not what, how the country is uh, dispersed. So I thought, oh, what if you just did the opposite? Instead of investing you know, less than 10%, what if you invested 90 plus percent? And that's when it clicked. And I tried for two and a half years. I asked a lot of investors. I met people. I called, cold called. Nobody was interested. They thought it was interesting, but they were not interested in, in being part of it. And finally, I met a woman angel investor in Silicon Valley who spent three or four months getting to know me. And she put in the first uh, 50,000 total. So I was able to make an investment. 
My investment in Backstage Capital was really an investment in Arlen Hamilton and Backstage Capital. Um, at the time, because I was the first to invest in her, it was Arlen and everything that she had learned so far. But there was no Backstage Capital yet. Um, it was an idea. She was creating it. Um, I had just started the transition between operator, um, building products, um, working for companies, and investor. Um, and I was thinking a lot about how monochromatic the technology workforce was. Um, and a lot of what was being talked about in the media around the lack of diversity in technology um, was all about that it was a pipeline problem. Pipeline problem. Pipeline problem. Pipeline. 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 A new report shows the pipeline problem is a myth. There were so many things that were not getting funded. There were so many people that had amazing ideas and had the grit and determination and resourcefulness to bring those things all the way to market, um, to create products that are good and useful um, and make a difference um, in the world and that people will pay for, that will, there will be paying customers for. She could see that there was a huge underrepresented founder-shaped gap in the market and, um, and that there was a potential to make a ton of money off of it. Um, and that is, at the end of the day, what investing is all about um, in VC. And I loved that um, because I agree with that. And I think there doesn't have to be that much separation between um, gains and impact. I think the hardest part probably was just who I was, mm. trying to get into break into that world. So black, a woman, gay, not networked in that, in that space, just starting off, you know, uh, poor, Broke, you know, and that's very different than a lot of VCs. Um, I think, yeah, I think it was just starting at less than zero, yeah, and trying to be in a race with people who had a lot of resources, yeah, and a very, very competitive landscape. Yeah. So this is a story about Arlen and me and her mom. Um, it's actually the story of the first check that I wrote to Arlen. Um, and it almost was a check to her mom. Um, and that's because over the summer I had given a couple soft yeses. I was excited about what the fund was supposed to be and what Arlen was doing, um, but hadn't gotten to the point of saying, okay, let's do it until September. Um, and when I did, I said, okay, let's do this. I'm excited. I am excited about the economic upside potential. I'm excited about the impact it's going to have on the community. Um, and so I was ready to write a check. Um, and, uh, she said, great, here's the account information. And it was for an account that was her mom's. And I was like, oh no, we can't, I can't do that. We were like arranging everything and I was so excited. And I said, okay, so you're going to wire the money and here's the wire information. And I gave her the wire information. You know, this is, I was homeless. I don't know if some of you may not know that, but I was homeless during this time. So I sent her the wire information and it had my mom's name on it because the bank, I didn't have a bank account. And so I was telling this woman to send me a lot of money to a personal bank account that didn't belong to me. And she was like, hmm. She's like, we should, we should back up a little bit and talk a little bit more. 
about this. And I said, oh, okay, is there something wrong? Is there, did, did I say something? And she's like, yeah, you have a personal account. It's not even in your name. But Backstage Capital didn't have a bank account because there was no, literally no capital to put into a bank account. Um, but I thought, no one's gonna take this seriously. You know, I'm hopefully the first of many investors and um, the fund needs to have its own bank account. And I'm sure that, you know, Arlen knew that, but at that, at that juncture, um, you know, just hadn't been able to open an account yet. Um, but she, when I, when I said, oh no, this, like, that's not gonna work. Um, and here's why, you know, you need to have an official account so that, um, so that you know you're it's clear that you're committed and it's not been running business um and she she figured out how to do it um to this day i don't actually know how how she did it uh, maybe she'll tell that story someday and uh and she came back and she said okay here's the you know, backstage capital account. And I was like, okay, let's do this. Um, and you know, thank goodness I did because I think Stuart Butterfield and uh, Mark Andreessen were the next two investors to um, commit and wire. That same year, around the same time, I said, I'm going to invest in 100 companies led by underrepresented founders by 2020. People laughed at me. People told me I was uh, being unrealistic. And they were saying that not because necessarily they thought that I couldn't do it personally, but because they said, are there enough black people starting companies that you'll even be able to invest in? You'll even, even be able to find them. And of course, we all in this room understand how ridiculous that question is. Report shows the pipeline problem is a myth. And most of us have been asked that sort of question or something as ridiculous in our lives, and it, probably in the last 12 months. And I'm happy to say that in May of 2018, I, along with my team at Backstage Capital, invested in the 100th company. I was just by myself just a few years prior to that. And I was telling everyone I could uh, that I was going to invest in 100 companies by 2020. And I don't think anyone believed me. I don't think anyone, even if they were friendly, believed that I, I could actually make that happen. And to see photographs where there are 20, 30, 40 founders of ours in the same picture, and to know how much they treat each other like family. They're always helping each other and, and working with each other. I mean, that's the greatest joy and the greatest feeling. And I feel like even if I did nothing else from this point on, to have been the spark of that, it just feels really fulfilling. I went to work, I, I got a co-working spot. I um, had been talking to founders for so many years. And so I had a queue of companies that I wanted to invest in. It wasn't a huge queue, but it was really solid queue. And so uh, Susan actually introduced me to a woman named Jocelyn Goldfein. Jocelyn used to lead an engineering team at Facebook and has since become herself an investor. She invested in Backstage. And then Jocelyn in, uh, introduced me to Lars Rasmussen and he went on to invest uh, with his partner, Elamita. And then, so people who would invest would make these connections. You know, I would say, uh, you know, do you know one or two people who might be interested? And usually that's the best place to go because if they're, if they're interested in what you're doing, they can help evangelize for you. So it was really, honestly, brick by brick, step by step. It didn't go by fast. You know, the, the um, investments were, they were every few weeks they would come in. And when you don't know that they're coming in, it can seem like a lifetime. So it was, there was never this point where there was just this inundation 
of money coming in. It was always, okay, 25K here, then two months later, 50K, then three months later, 25, then a month later, 100. And all along the way, step by step, I kept talking to founders. I kept finding out what they needed. I gave them advice when they asked for it and just kept learning. I just kept really close, a close eye on the, the industry. I was reading everything I could every single day and talking to as many people as I could. And somehow I looked up December 2016 and I have a $1.2 million fund that I was able to put together. I, so I've invested in now in 130 companies led by women and people of color in the last four years alone. And most of those are in the US, some in, in London. And I, I actually just posted about this today on, on Twitter. Oftentimes we'll talk, we talk about the makeup of the person, the profile, they're a black woman, they're this or that. And that's part of our branding and how we get our message out. But when I just posted what they're working on, uh, it's just remarkable. I mean, working across industries and, and deep tech and everything from deep tech to beauty products and, and uh, things that connect people, things that change lives, things that save lives. And the majority of these companies were at one point so undervalued and so overlooked that it was insulting. Mm. And, and that's where I saw, you know, six, seven years ago, the potential of what could be. And what have you learned? Have you learned anything from these founders, these underrepresented, underestimated founders of yours? I mean, I learn every day from them. Uh, that's part of the, the distinct honor that I ha have in, in working uh, on this and also part of the journey that keeps me inspired and excited about what I'm doing. I learned basic, basically a, a, a confirmation, a reconfirmation of what I just, what I just said, which is that we're, we're woefully underestimated. And you can choose to think of that as a negative and be frustrated by it and be saddened by it and be insulted by it, which I've been all those things mm -hmm. at some point. Or, or maybe it's and, mm. you can repurpose all of those emotions and all of that uh, justified anger and justified uh, insult and say, well, what does that mean? If, if, if there's a potential here that people are not really seeing the value in me, that means I can, I can catch them off guard. Mm. That means I can go faster, further, better, and they won't see me coming. And so there's, anyone who has any competitive streak in them, especially investors, the very competitive people, they should be looking at people, startups that are led by people who have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder because they've been treated a little bit poorly because we have so much to prove. As I've been tracking um, investors and people that work you know, in the music industry, I came across Arlen Hamilton and for me that was like, oh my God, this is my dream investor. A good investor brings more than just money. And meeting Arlen, really, that's what did it. You know, we met Arlen and she got it right away. She has a background in music. And we spent like four hours with her sitting on the floor of my sister's living room apartment, um, you know, discussing our lives and what our passion is and why, we, why this is important, why we think it's important for the industry, the music industry, and for musicians. And Arlen got it right away. 
when we met Arlen, we were on a tour of like talking to VCs and fundraising and you know getting out there and pitching and stuff. And she understood what we were saying. She asked us really intelligent questions that got to the heart of what we were doing. And she supported us and her team supported us as well. She had worked in the music industry. She knew why we were doing this. She understood what it was that we were doing. Um, and she didn't question it as um, something that was implicitly important. That same day, she brought in uh, a musician friend of hers to say, hey, try this, I wanna see what you think. And that was so validating and empowering to get that uh, response from her. And shortly after that, she said, I'm investing in you guys. There was just like no question. And we were kind of like shocked. We said, what? <laughs> Not only just the financial support, but just knowing that she and Backstage as a team um, understood us and thought it was important was just a big um, confidence boost. Immediately after that, you know, it was a lot of mentoring. I mean, we had several calls with Arlen and and she, you know, gave us her thoughts on, on our growth strategies, you know, connected us to a lot of people. From backstage, the network is incredible. I mean, the people we've met through that network has been priceless, really. Like, I, I can imagine a lot of founders paying for that network. We got paid to have access to that network, so. Um, we have access to a hundred other entrepreneurs of color and all kinds of diverse, you know, women and people doing stuff in all different industries um, and in different companies in so many different stages um, where we're able to mentor each other and ask questions and, hey, hey, have you heard of this investor? Any thoughts, you know, or, you know, we're hiring this person, any, you know, any thoughts on that? So it's a community that um, I think people are very grateful to be a part of um, because of the diversity in there of, um, not only diversity um, of thinking, but just of what people are, are building. And so there's so m much experience in there to pull from and everybody is like rooting for each other. And so that's a super positive, exciting community to be a part of. Just going on the Slack channel and saying, hey, what's going on? What are, you know, who can we celebrate? What's, you know, what news? And they also have a backstage mixtape that also like sums up all kinds of opportunities and, um, highlights, you know, um, different companies' wins. And so that alone is, I think, feels like you have um, a community to be a part of, but just also you're in the pulse of things, of, of what's happening in, in the industry and how we can help each other out. Backstage Capital is really special to me because Backstage was actually the first VC in both of my companies and the only VC in Flat Out of Heels. I met Arlen through another investor who told me that he was not able to invest, but there's a black woman investing in black companies and he felt like we should connect. This was before Arlen even finished raising her first fund for Backstage. And we got introduced by email and we hit it off right away. I thought she was very amazing and ambitious to be doing what she was doing. And as a person who had at this point been an entrepreneur for 16 years, it was a breath of fresh air to see someone from outside of the community coming in to really make an impact. So after we were introduced, um, we kept in touch for several months and she was not yet ready to invest in anything yet, but we built that relationship. And so Backstage has a special place in my heart because I feel like they were the first institutional 
capital to believe in what I could do. And the, the money they invested was really a catalyst for everything that we've been able to accomplish to this point. So Popcom, my technology company, has raised over $3.3 million with, with the first check being from Backstage and Backstage followed on, so it meant a lot. When I was going through a rebrand and just really rethinking my business overall, I contacted Backstage Studio to get some guidance. So initially, my company was called Solutions Vending International. Very dry, directly to the point, and it wasn't very techy. You know, we're a tech company. We were called Solutions Vending International. Um, and so someone told me, you need a cooler name, a better name. And we really didn't have a lot of resources. We had just completed Techstars. We were raising our first round, and we did not have money to go through a full rebrand. I contacted Arlen and Backstage Studio, and Brian and the team came up with this logo that you see right here, <laughs> the Popcom logo, and helped me with a completely new look, something cool, something fun, and something that reflects the innovation that we create. Backstage Capital has impacted us because they believed in us and they supported us and they're always there. Anytime I call Christy and Arlen and anyone on the team is always a phone call and email away. That is very valuable. The impact that Backstage has had on our company has been uh, so significant and, 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 and vital uh, to our early start. And, you know, it gave us an opportunity to, to really branch out and, and seek the necessary coaching, mentoring, and, and get that, that real VC uh, uh, feel for- A stamp of approval. Exactly, for what we're trying to go. Yeah, I remember, um, you know, having conversations with, with Arlen and team just about like the planning process behind Share Share, you know, things that we should be thinking about that we didn't know that were, th were things that are important to VCs. And so just having kind of this roadmap laid out for you, I mean, if you show us a target any given day, we're going to hit the target. And so Arlen did that for us. She showed us what the guidepost needed to look like, and then we've taken off ever since. And not only that, she has great team, team members and Oh people on our staff that are willing to lend a hand yeah. and you know you would think that you know yeah they're there for that reason but uh -huh. they're happy to do it and, yeah. and we're just so excited to know that we have someone that really support us mm -hmm. and that can help us get to that next level and the relationships are second to none yeah. so uh, Arlen Backstage has, has really been an amazing, an amazing uh, uh, VC platform for us uh, when it comes to our growth and exposing us to the right, uh, right people uh, and the right opportunities. I'll never forget it. Um, Arlen looked at us after we had spent a few minutes talking and she said, I don't know what it is, but there's something magical between you guys. And so I want in. And she became the first VC um, that invested in Shearshare. And from there, it's been, oh my gosh, an amazing journey. Sometimes when you think about some of the beautiful things that you witness in this world, most of the time they come from people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it made us really smile, it warmed our spirit. Mm -hmm. And after we left, we had to shed a tear because, you yeah. know, it was just one of those True things story. where we really felt like, man, we found somebody who really believed in us. Yeah. And all you really want yeah. is someone to just pour a little water of of belief in you mm -hmm. and so that it can continue to give you the confidence that you need and yeah. Arlen you did that for us uh, Arlen was the ripple that we needed you know you throw a rock in the water and you can't even see where the ripple ends and for us that that meant the world to us and, and your ripple still lives on Arlen I think the turning point for us was when we met Arlen 
Uh, and there, she That's was true. she was the first yes that we got, and it was the first check that we got in the round. After eight months of fundraising. Right. It took us a very, very long time. Uh, and then we met her, and I think within the first 30 minutes, she's like, yep. I'm Not only was there, she our first yes, she said yes on the spot. Right, right. And and she, I think, not only validated um, what our ambitions were and what we're trying to do and um, the, the, the quality of the idea, uh, I think she also really believed in us as founders, uh, which was, I, I really say it in, in such a way where it was very humbling because I think that we both know our abilities and, um, you know, know what we can do. I think that sometimes, especially when you're going to a new area where, you know, the type of people that you're talking to uh, are different and how they think about the work that you do and, and the quality of it. And it was just nice to kind of finally get that recognition and at the same time get that extra push. Because I think once we got the yes from her, we're like, okay, we can, we can make this happen. We can do this. When she gave us that yes, I was like, wait, are you sure? Like, I uh, I was speechless because that had never happened. And that wasn't something we even thought could happen. Like, it's always like, oh, we'll get back to you thing. You know, I'll let you know if you have any questions. And then it's like a waiting game if you hear from them at all. And the fact that she said yes on the spot, we were like, wait, are you sure? It was crazy. And, and as Ahmed said, it fueled this fire within us. And it was the wind in our sails we needed to then syndicate the rest of that round. And I honestly, I don't know what we would have done had that not happened because that 50,000 came in and we got really strategic right away. Like we got this momentum, let's capitalize on it. But without Arlen, it would not have shaped up the way it did. Yeah. I think for me, the thing that always stays with me, with me that I still remember is the questions that she was asking. There was a theme that was emerging because there was one question in particular that stuck with me, which was, what's the hardest thing that you guys had to go through as entrepreneurs? And what at the end of the conversation, she was talking about really what I wanted to understand and know from you guys is whether or not you guys have the grind. Can you, can you just make it happen? Can you hustle? and just make something happen. Because for her, and, and I'm sure you guys know her background or her, uh, her story at, at this point, but the things that she's had to go through to get to where she's at are, are amazing. And I think that um, she is a great demonstration of what character and resilience can do uh, up against you know high odds. And it's just been really, really kind of exciting kind of getting the fuel from her about that and then also seeing it in ourselves. So that was something that really stayed with me. I always, even when I had no money, because I started with nothing, mm. even when I had no money and no one was talking about it in Silicon Valley or beyond in Texas where I was or anything, no one was really like mentioning uh, um, gender or race. Mm. I thought I knew that these companies existed. So it was, um, I knew they were there. I probably didn't quite understand how many qualified venture backable companies there were going to be in front of me. Mm. I probably underestimated that and that turned out to be a good thing because there's just so much to choose from. I think about it holistically as in the whole portfolio, just you know, almost half a billion dollars raised uh, more than a thousand, um, more than a thousand jobs created, uh, 
it's just there's so much to look at when you think about it you know a lot of these a lot of the companies we were their first check or we were in the first round and we kind of put that belief behind them it was a confidence check as someone has called it in the past but then i think about individual stories um, i think about curl mix curl mix i met them in 2017 and they were mixing hair products out of their kitchen in Chicago and it's a, it's a couple and right off the bat, you know, investors seem to be uh, worried about couples being co-founders, but I thought, man, they were really doing something and they were um, really early in the process, you know, and they weren't doing a lot of revenue, but it was in the thousands per month. And I thought that was so impressive based on what they, the resources that they already had and what they were able to do. So while I knew that a lot of investors might not get them just yet, I was really intrigued. So first I became uh, an official advisor of theirs and then backstage invested. And I believe it was 25,000 at the time, something like that. And, um, Today, I mean, they've done millions and millions and millions of dollars in revenue. And they will tell you that that first, those first few dollars really went into building an infrastructure for them that allowed them to just to grow at the pace that they wanted to. So we don't take all the credit, never will. But I just really love those types of stories because it means that we were there at an inflection point and we meant something to those founders. Think about um, Mommy and Akash so many other stories of impact of not only our putting money behind what they're doing but what they're doing serving the needs of so many other people their customers and in a lot of cases they're working on companies themselves that are impacting uh, thousands if not more to describe the people you invest in you use a word that i like a lot you use underestimated people. You don't invest in underrepresented people, you invest in underestimated people. Could you elaborate on that, please? Yeah, so I, I think it's, it's both. So the, the truth is that we, the people that I invest in, and my, myself even, we're underestimated. We're underrepresented in the US um, and other places, but what we, what we found with that, that really means is that we're underestimated. People, we walk into a room and because we were a woman, uh, we're, we're, t we're taken for granted, we're, you know, that we don't know as much, maybe. Uh, walk into a room and because I'm black or the founder that I invest in is black in the U.S. and um, maybe they're not, they're taken as not as intelligent or maybe not as successful mm. as they could be. So when we think about, it, it's true that we're underrepresented, that's kind of like the fact, the boring fact, the exciting potential is that we're underestimated, which means there's something to come that's really interesting. When Arlen first came to meet with me in Oakland, California, I was taken aback by her story, by her humility, by her candor, by her vision. You know, I'm usually the one accused of being aggressive and overly optimistic thinking about big, wild, audacious goals. And I think Arlen gives me a good run for my money. And that's a compliment. I decided to invest at that first meeting and I was not wrong. I have no regrets. I love the community that Backstage has built. 
I love the visibility that Backstage has brought to all the companies in the portfolio, but also to underexpose women and people of color entrepreneurs at large. And even though we're celebrating the five-year anniversary of Backstage Capital, and that is a huge accomplishment, yay, congratulations. This is a very young and very important firm. We have so much more to do, so much more to achieve. We need to keep reinvesting in ourselves um, as much as possible. And the best is definitely still yet to come. I ended up doing a lot of work with Arlen and Christy on how to shape uh, the mission and values of Backstage Capital and how to help facilitate some of the crew member meetings. And um, I introduced them to some potential investors and um, it was just such an amazing experience over that year. The thing probably that I remember the most was when we were down in Austin at South by Southwest. And it was such an incredible group of, of us and, and um, we were forced to be reckoned with and, and it really was a powerful time to be down there and, and to spend time uh, with other groups that were part of the uh, uh, marginalized communities who were really making a difference and helping to bring diversity, equity, inclusion, and the, 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 the stories and the, and the passion um, to South by Southwest of, of people who were from underrepresented communities. And, and being a white male uh, amongst this group really opened my eyes to um, just how important it is to, to support uh, the folks that Backstage is supporting, women, people of color, LGBTQ founders, and to try to figure out how to, how to make it so that it's not so unusual. I could see that if what she wanted to create in Backstage Capital um, existed, if, it, uh, if she was able to start going out and investing in underrepresented people, then, um, then that would make a difference to those people and those businesses right now. Um, and I liked the direct effect that it would have. Um, I thought this is something that I want to exist in the world. So my favorite memory of Backstage Capital was uh, being able to participate in their event at South by Southwest in uh, 2018. So Backstage Capital convened over 50 of their headliners, their investment companies, all in one room. Um, and it was a great opportunity for me as an investor to meet these founders face to face and learn about their organizations in a very authentic and real way. Uh, there was just so much great energy in the room, so much optimism for the future, and also a lot of gratitude. Gratitude for being able to access capital that is much needed for startup companies. I love supporting other women. And so to find Arlen, who inherent in her business supports other women and other underrepresented groups was a win-win for me. This team, our team executes at a high, at a level that I've never experienced anywhere, seen anywhere. They do it for less, they do it with less and they do it with uh, more life and, and, and passion than I've seen. You know, it's, it's really that, it's, it comes down to that. Uh 
everyone on the team at the time I was there was just really sharp, smart, um, had similar values of just like really wanting to do the work of investing in people of color, women, LGBTQ founders, and a lot of other firms or a lot of other companies mostly paid lip service, right? Like we were all very committed to that, had similar values, you know, strong work ethics. And so really, really lucky to be a part of a team that was just passionate and out of this world. And so, yeah, that's what led me to Backstage. And I actually ended up joining the company full-time in 2018. Um, and I got to work on the, like support our portfolio companies and got, you know, to make relationships with a lot of them, which I loved and then also work with companies through the Backstage Los Angeles Accelerator Program. And for that, I am extremely, extremely grateful. So I first met Arlen when she was a guest on my podcast. She was charismatic, she was funny, and she had a really important message to share. Why did I decide to work at Backstage? Pretty simple, the mission. Getting resources to the future founders of the world's most impactful companies when no one else is willing to step up and support them. That's a worthy mission. I remember rolling in with my suitcase into the WeWork office in Santa Monica and looking around and seeing this wildly diverse team of investors um, who are smart, um, who are collaborative, and just were excited to really capture this opportunity in the market of venture capital that no one else had. And I felt at home. Backstage is a trailblazer when it comes to recognizing and capitalizing on the last venture capital arbitrage opportunity, investing in underestimated founders through a wildly diverse investment team. And as soon as I saw that, I wanted to be part of it. Backstage was getting so much inbound from really strong underrepresented founders, which is completely um, kind of dispelling that whole, it's a pipeline problem when they're seeing thousands of companies come their way. Porsche shows the pipeline problem is a myth. And they wanted someone to help structure the process and help you know build a framework on how to evaluate all these deals. And uh, I was excited to do it. So I joined the team at that time um, and have been on the investment team ever since. Going into working for Backstage, it was unlike any other company I've ever worked for. And I worked for um, a large corporation like Sprint, and I've worked for smaller businesses as well. And um, I think what really stands out about Backstage through and through is uh, our empathy, not only for our team members, but also for founders. And I remember a few stories where when I first started at Backstage, I thought it would be really, you know, I was entering this world of finance and private equity and venture capital. So I thought, well, I need to be like really like professional and use my like given name, which is Arnufo. And so I asked um, Arlen and the team to call me Arnufo and I had Arnufo at backstagecapital.com. But uh, a few weeks in, it just didn't feel right because my entire life I have been called Chacho by my closest friends and family and everyone called me Chacho and I asked Arlen, I said, hey, do you mind if I change my email address to Chacho at backstagecapital.com and do you mind if I just go by Chacho and she was like, absolutely. 
She wanted me to bring my full self to work and me being Chacho is like my full self. Before I even knew about Backstage or what Arlen was working on, I was looking for somebody in the venture community with her point of view. And specifically, I was looking for somebody that was um, interested in investing in underrepresented founders because of the business opportunity that it presented. Um, I really didn't want to, um, like I really didn't like how people approached it from a charity or social impact point of view. So um, anyways, so I found Arlen on Twitter and we started talking and then I met with her and I tried to get my old firm to invest in Backstage. That didn't work out, but we kept in touch. And I flew to um, LA in June of 2016 in order to um, just talk with Arlen about some ideas and projects that we had. And um, at the time she had a handful of portfolio companies and a handful of investors. And I thought, you know, Backstage was cool, but it was just like any other venture firm. And then in our meeting, she told me that it was her goal to invest in 100 companies led by underrepresented founders by 2020. And when she said that, it gave me chills. And I thought, this is, something much bigger than what I had originally understood it to be. And when I saw her vision for what she wanted Backstage to be, I understood that Backstage could be in a position where the conversation would move forward in the venture and the tech industry, and more people would have opportunity than they had before, and Backstage would be the leader and the forefront for that. I'm so passionate about what we do because I feel that um, investing in underestimated founders leads to returns, not just financially, but leads to progress on multiple levels. So for example, um, when you invest in an underrepresented founder, then the next step is that they hire a diverse team. And then as that company goes and grows and has a successful exit, the founder and the team are the ones that generate wealth for themselves from that exit. They go on to be angel investors and invest in the next set of diverse companies. And we start to see returns um, waterfall. And we're starting to see that already with early backstage portfolio companies. So I'm really thrilled to see the progress that we've made so far and excited about the future and what the future holds. And that's the story of how I came to join Backstage. We started an accelerator after we hit the 100 mark and we launched the accelerator in Los Angeles, Detroit, Philadelphia, and London. And we launched it this, this uh this year, and we said if we get 800 applications, we're really doing something. We, we, we've made it, and we want to invest in 24 companies, so that's 3%. That'll be amazing. Can you imagine your first time out as an accelerator getting 800 applications? If we said if we get 1,000, then we are, we are well above and beyond what we, what we expected, and we'll probably have a cohort, too. We had 1,900 applications in five weeks from across the world, including from Canada. And we had to stop, we had to pull up the drawbridge because it was, um, it was so, so much good to look at and we only had a limited amount of capital. We ran applications for accelerator programs. We um, had a global accelerator that operated in London, Detroit, Philadelphia, and Los Angeles, and almost 2,000 people applied for it. And we took them through a rigorous vetting process. And uh, what we had done is gone from 2,000 companies down to a total of 24 companies that participated in the program. 
So after a few months of um, vetting the companies and going through interviews, we made the decisions on who we would include. And we did a Zoom call with the founders, with our team to welcome them into the program. And what we found um, on the Zoom call, was it was just like the founders had so much joy and it was so fun to be able to tell them that they got to be a part of Accelerator. And it wasn't just, for me, it wasn't just the fact that we got to invest in them and write that check. It was because I knew that um, being a part of Backstage meant that they were now joining a family of companies that would support them no matter what obstacles they overcome and help them grow in their success. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you so much. <clears throat> no, thank you for joining us. <laughs> you know, it's been a super, super um, um, arduous journey of, of going through all the rounds of this. And we are so glad for you to have made it um, all the way to the finals and to have made it into the Detroit. We're looking forward to uh, that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys believing in us. And I think uh, we're going to build something great here and create a lot of value for people. So I appreciate it. I'm trying to hold back people looking at you right now. I'm so excited right now. Uh, <laughs> I'm honored. Honest <laughs> to God. Like when I tell you that uh, we are so ready for the opportunity, like it's like just know that we're going to pick up the ball and run with it. beyond the hundred companies that I first imagined. So many people are, uh, there's, there's a network effect for sure. If you, if you look into what Backstage is doing. I think the future of Backstage is more of what we've been doing. I think it is putting money into the hands of underrepresented, underestimated founders at the earliest stages, catching them when they need and want that confidence check. And really being there for them. You know, it doesn't matter how much we put in, if we put in 25,000 or 25 million, we're there for them. They know they have a full team that wants them to do well. I think the future of Backstage hinges on not only me, but the work that everybody at Backstage does. Not just the people who are here today, but the, everyone who has walked the, uh, the halls of Backstage, if you will. All of our alumni team, our crew, has left an indelible mark on what Backstage is and what we will become. I think you'll see a lot more money under management. Um, that's one way to, to measure success. It's not the only way. So right now, you know, $10, $12 million under management, I think you, you 100x that at one point, at some point. But in between time, what you're going to see is a lot of these companies that we put early bets into are going to flourish as they have been. Some of those will have these massive exits that people look for us. Others will have uh, humble exits or continue to, uh, to return in other ways when it comes to impact. And I think we're gonna have a lot of very, very happy limited partners who are our investors. I also believe that a lot of these founders are going to go on as many of them have already done 
to invest in other founders. So in five to 10 years, what does success look like for you where your yeah. organization is concerned? Success to me is um, rooms of diversity without uh, incredible effort. It is the status quo. It is backstage, doesn't have to exist, it gets to exist. When our founders come back to me, some of our founders come back, and they're investing in other founders. You know, when their success outranks what my um, believed and perceived success is, that will be a glorious 